0: So last week, we started on a two-part series, and the series is called Rejoice That Your Names Are Written in Heaven. So today's part two of this series. Now kids, I'd like you to look at this book, this booklet. On page two, you'll see there are some fill-ins, right? I'd like you guys to guess what these fill-ins are. We got, we're not going to show them to you as yet, all right? So work with your... Mums and dads, and see if you can fill in this. I believe God is bringing us through a season, and this is a timely word. As we see more and more ministry needs in the church, we need to keep ministry in perspective. It must never take the place of an intimate relationship with the Lord. So last week, we examined Luke 10 where the Lord sent out the 70 and also asked them to pray for workers for the harvest. The 70 came back, we read last week, and rejoiced that even the spirits were submitted to them, or submitted to them. But the Lord said to them, and this is our Bible quote today. Kids, are you ready for the answers? The Bible quote for today is, However... Don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And it's from Luke 10 to 20. Last week, the Lord taught us not to rejoice over ministry success and not to rejoice even over being given spiritual authority, but instead to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. We also talked about how we don't need to worry about performance through looking at the story of Martha and Mary, and then we also discussed how we might celebrate our relationship with the Lord as a path towards rejoicing over our names having been written in heaven. Now, today we're going to look at how to keep ministry in perspective, and we're going to look at How to rejoice in the Lord What does that mean To rejoice in the Lord And the indirect result of this Hopefully Is that we will actually Do ministry better So our first point today Is Ministry is temporal Ministry is temporal When I was preparing To share on these Sundays The Lord really had to help me As you know I'm not a minister, and I've never been to Bible college, and I don't have a degree in theology. So I actually feel unqualified to be standing in front of you, and I'm not very comfortable doing so, to be honest. And if I were to allow myself to think as the world does, I would never have said yes to Pastor Yongho's Ho's invitation to speak. I would have seen only my lack of qualifications. But I did pray about speaking, and the Lord is so gracious, so faithful, he gave me a very clear and specific topic, and that is we are to rejoice that our names are written in heaven instead of rejoicing over ministry success. It was almost as though the Lord was de-emphasizing the ministry in order to make me less nervous, I felt. But you know what? I realized it's actually the truth. And so began a conversation between me and the Lord about what ministry is. I started asking and talking with the Lord, What is ministry? The Lord was really gracious to me in helping me see the way He sees ministry. And when I say ministry, it of course includes ministry of the Word. The Lord told me ministry is temporal. What does that mean? It's something we need right now, but not in eternity. God gave me this scripture, and it's in your booklet. It's from First 1 Corinthians 13.8. And it says, Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Now, the word prophecy in the Bible means speaking the word of God. It can include statements about the future, but it's not limited to such. It can mean speaking under inspiration. We think of ministry of the word as important, and it is. This is because in this world we get distracted and we lose sight of the eternal. We need people to speak the word to us clearly and regularly to remind us of eternal realities. But when we enter uh, eternity, brothers and sisters, it will not be necessary. In heaven, we won't need people to speak the word of God to us. The Lord himself will speak to us. In 1 Corinthians 13.12, it says, Here we see dimly as through a mirror, but in eternity we will see clearly. The writer of Hebrews, in chapter 8, verse 11 quoting the words of jeremiah says this no longer will each one teach his neighbor or his brother saying know the lord because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest the fulfillment of this is already taking place because we are the first fruits of the new covenant right so for example in times of persecution if we are brought before the authorities that persecute us, the Lord promises that we'll know what to say, directly communicated by the Holy Spirit. Matthew ten nineteen to 20 says, But when they hand you over, do not worry about how to respond or what to say. In that hour, you'll be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. So many ministries are passing away, actually. In favor of what? Direct communication with the Lord. We see it even in this time, even before we reach eternity. I believe many of the things we do here, such as Connection Team, Refreshments Team, and Kids Ministries won't be necessary in eternity. Even our missionary program, which we focus on so heavily at our church, won't be needed. Because you know what? Revelation 7.9 says there will be representatives from every tongue, tribe, and nation before God's throne. I believe this will increase as we step ever closer to eternity. Among true believers there'll be less and less emphasis on how to do visible ministry and more and more emphasis and focus on how we connect with the Lord. You know why? It's because all ministry comes from our relationship with the Lord. Isn't that right? If we stay close to the Lord, He'll give us ministry. And what's more, we'll know what to do and we'll know what to say. And I got to thinking, and I realized that even our church won't be needed one day. There'll be a time when the nation's international church ceases to exist. Because we've done the job, we will have done the job of guiding people to Christ. When we've done that as a local church, we will not need to exist. We'll simply be part of the universal bride of Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. This knowledge gives us a perspective about ministry that I believe is correct in God's eyes. Ministry is temporal. Our relationship with the Lord, however, is eternal. Ministry is important. I want to emphasize that. It's important in this period of time because there are people who need to hear about God who need to be disciples. But ministry, when it comes down to it, is something that's seen, right? It's visible. It lasts only for a time. Here at the Nations International Church, we've been taught so many times that we must focus on the unseen. Let's read that scripture again from 2 Corinthians 4.18. It says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal the lord really helped me to see this you know even as i was preparing for today's talk the lord said to me don't focus on the task patrick focus on your relationship with me always focus on your relationship with me praise the lord is the task important? Yes, the task is important. We have to reach the world. And we have to teach them to obey the Lord and his commandments. We have to make disciples. It's a command given to us. But one day, the world is going to be reached. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to that. The work will have been done one day. And we will move on. So, will we be out of things to do in eternity? Never. Never. We'll be so enthralled by God, I believe, we'll get to know him even more. He'll give us new things to to do out of our relationship with him. We'll never be bored. We'll be occupied, gainfully occupied for all eternity. This brings me to the next point. Our next point is rejoice in the Lord, not in circumstances. Rejoice in the Lord, not in circumstances. Now when the Lord had just pointed me to Luke 10:20 and and he said to me, "Talk about this, Patrick." I got really nervous. As some of you may know, at various times in my life I've struggled with depression. I did not regard myself as a very joyful person. But Luke 10:20 says plainly, doesn't it, to rejoice. And I said to the Lord, "How do I talk about rejoicing, Lord?" i'm not what you would call a very happy person the lord began passing out for me what it means to rejoice and i realized one thing there's a difference between happiness and joy happiness is a feeling and it's often dependent on circumstances so for example if i lose something valuable am i going to be happy no I'm going to be sad. It's natural to be sad. You can ask anyone who's going through deep loss whether they're happy. And they'll say no. They'd be lying if they said they were happy. But if you ask them if they have joy, that's a different question. And some, hopefully most, Christians will say, yes, I have joy. I'll say through teary eyes, but I have joy. There is a difference. So that means, what does that mean? We can rejoice. We can rejoice even when we're not happy. Joy is not dependent on circumstances. It's only dependent on one thing. It's only dependent on the presence of the Lord. And I got so excited, brothers and sisters, as I was preparing for today. And I was looking up verses with the words, joy, rejoice, joyful, joyfully. And I realized almost every verse I looked up contained a reference to the Lord himself. Joy is paired with the Lord. Joy goes with the Lord, of course. Hallelujah. And I thought to myself, why hadn't I noticed this before? So here, here are a few sa- uh, sample verses they are in your booklet. Psalm 33, 20, 21 says, For our heart rejoices in what? In Him. In Him, because we trust in His holy name. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. He fills us. He fills us with hope and all joy and peace. 1 Peter 1.8 says, And though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And though you do not see Him now, but believe in Him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. I love that phrase, joy inexpressible and full of glory. It's because we're in Him that we have joy. And this one, the same verse, is actually in two Psalms. In Psalm 40 and Psalm 70. And it says, Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in circumstances? No, in you. In you. And I realized, my joy is not dependent on my circumstances. As long as I abide in the Lord, I will always, always, always have joy. And that's why the Lord is able to admonish us all to rejoice that our names are written in heaven. My brothers and sisters, there are places in this world where they hate Christians. About 100 kilometers from here to the north lies a state that teaches there is no God, North Korea. Many Christians there, our own brothers and sisters, languish in jails and labor camps. There's nothing in their circumstances, you would think, that would make them joyful. And maybe they're not happy. So can they, can even they have joy? I'm humbled when I hear testimonies of people who've come from North Korea, Christians who say they've had joy. They have joy in their lives. That must mean they're not finding joy in their circumstances. They find joy in a person, in the Lord Jesus, in their love relationship with Him. So, how does this all relate to our ministry? I think too many ministers are affected by the apparent negative circumstances of their ministry. The result is often burnout. It's very important that we get this, that we don't focus on ministry. Don't, don't, do not let ministry make you either joyful or despondent. It's really not that important. It's actually unimportant compared to the love relationship and eternal destiny with the Lord that you and I have. I want to say this to all of you because... All of our vision team ministries are here today. Even if your ministry is not successful, in your own eyes, rejoice, brother. Rejoice, sister. It's okay. Your joy is not dependent on your ministry success. God will pick up the pieces after you, I promise. He's bigger than your failure. And even if you feel an acute need for workers in your ministry area, rejoice, sister, rejoice, brother. It's okay. God will take care of it. It's His work, not yours. Children's ministry workers, especially, I want to speak to you. You are overworked, I know. You have parents bringing more kids to you every week, and there are simply not enough workers. Rejoice anyway. Just relax. Go to your favorite prayer closet and rejoice in the Lord. Your circumstances do not dictate whether you have joy. They simply cannot. One of my favorite verses is Philippians 4.4. 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. For the longest time I didn't read the words, In the Lord and I thought, oh, I have to rejoice. How? I can't rejoice. But it's in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. This is a command. If it's a command, that means we can do it, right? The Lord would never command us to, anything we cannot, uh, to do anything we cannot do. Because it's in the Lord. We can do it. And the Lord is always with us. We do well to heed this command. So does it mean if I rejoice, the circumstances will change? well sometimes yes sometimes no but we cease to be affected by circumstances we do know this god will not allow us to go through any trial that's too much for us to handle he promised this in 1st corinthians 10:13 let's read it no trial has overtaken you that is not faced by others and god is faithful He will not let you be tried beyond what you are able to bear, but with the trial will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. He's faithful. Relationships do not develop overnight. We don't develop this joy-filling, rejoice-in-all-circumstances relationship with the Lord unless we invest time and resources into this relationship i would encourage all of us including myself renew your relationship with the lord today spend more quality time with him do something special with him because he's good he's good and our last point today is focus on what is unseen your fill-in is unseen focus on what is unseen we read under our first point today that what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal it's from second corinthians four eighteen. i believe this is applicable to all christians from the very youngest child to the to the oldest senior citizen you know what god has ordained that what is eternal is not seen plainly by the naked eye he could have given us physical eyes that perceived the spiritual. But he chose not to. I believe it's for a reason. It's so that we can be trained in faith. Faith, unlike prophecy or tongues or knowledge, will exist in eternity. So we need to exercise faith now. How do we know it will exist in eternity? Well, we read in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, and now these three remain Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. So faith is going to remain. The more we focus on what is unseen, I believe the more we build our faith. I believe this will have implications when we reach eternity. Actually, I think we should hold a healthy skepticism for things that we can see. Remember, and our kids know this scripture. Kids, help me with this. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward, outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? Kids, the Lord looks at the heart, right? You kids, you remember this verse from a few weeks ago. We need to ignore, I believe, what is seen but discern spiritually what is hidden and unseen to our physical eyes. This is because the unseen things, the unseen things are eternal. Developing this habit will actually protect us from wanting to guard the fruits of our success. It will protect us from disillusionment when our popularity wanes. Did you know in heaven we won't have a lot of ministries with their banners and offices? Ministry XYZ, XYZ, as I say it, they won't exist in heaven. And did you know ministries will have become a thing of the past in heaven? We've seen too many in recent years who have built kingdoms in their own names. So-and-so ministries, often named after the founder and centered around the founder. I believe these things are no longer what the Lord wants. We live in a season now where the Lord wants an anonymous army, an army dedicated to relationship with him, and sometimes do ministry as well. That's what the Lord wants. God can build and God can tear tear down ministries at any time, but he'll always love us and always want to spend time with us, and we'll always be in love with him. Knowing this truth will prevent us from falling into the traps of the enemy. Often the enemy wants us to focus on what is seen and then hurt us by destroying what is seen. Some of you are here because you've felt ignored or hurt in ministry. Your ideas and hard work were pushed aside. Instead, another rose to prominence and you may be thinking you don't want to you you don't want to serve at church again because you were hurt previously or you were not recognized now the lord did say a worker is worthy of his wages but it's up to him what wages he wants to pay you and so some of you are here because you've taken refuge taken refuge at this international church Welcome. We welcome you. This is a place where you don't have to do ministry. In fact, we don't want you to do ministry unless you're on the path to learning not to rejoice over your ministry, not to focus on your ministry. We want you to rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Rejoice in that. Then, guess what? ministry will come to you and it will be so much easier this time around jesus said my kingdom is not of this world it means kingdom values are very different from those of the world one of the kingdom values i want to emphasize is that we don't rejoice in success we rejoice that we have an eternal relationship with him we rejoice that our names are written in heaven And what a joy it is it's the greatest thing it trumps everything are you here today and perhaps wondering what this relationship with the living god can mean for you if you are please talk to someone close to you around you who will tell you more about how to become a disciple of jesus you've come to the right place